only ever be where you are right now. What is your podcast? It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yes, what's good, my friends? Welcome to BDP 104 how to set up long-distance relationships. Now, as always, this tasty episode is brought to you by BoldDojo.com, where you guys can pick up my ebook, The Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game, quick action guide to get you out there, take an action, get on there with a 30-day challenge, and get your day game sorted. You can also book in for one-on-one Skype coaching, where we dive into your limiting beliefs, set up action plans, get you executing in your life, in all areas of life, in all areas of the temple. And for those of you that are interested in becoming a bowl insider, that's when you dive into ongoing packages in which that you get a whole bunch of perks that I just can't do for uh, once-offs on the outside. You know, you get access to private messaging with me on WhatsApp within 24 hours. You get access to preferred session bookings. There's a whole bunch of shit that goes down there. And of course, that bootcamp, baby. The deep immersive day game bootcamp for those of you that are looking to have the foundations of your path laid out to have the illumination of what you need to do in your social skill set to get out there. Be the direct, congruent, authentic man you always know you could be. You guys can send me messages and inquiries through that. Of course, we've just done a huge run through the US and Canada. I'm not looking to do too much more international traveling, uh, special cases only, but Australia is coming up hot now. So for those of you that are looking to come down to Australia, get your bookings in early, send me the inquiries. I can hit you up with all the details there. Now, if you guys would like to support this podder, you can do so directly by donating anything that you wish to the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. And uh, anything that you guys give is ridiculously, tremendously appreciated. It blows my fucking mind. So thank you for that, my friends. Now in today's session, we dive into one of the most beautiful love stories I've ever really heard in my entire life. And also one of the most beautiful stories of self-cultivation, self-awareness from someone that I've ever heard to the point where it actually brought a tear to my eye. And we go into the temporary and indefinite natures of long-distance relationships. We go into what it means to set it up correctly. We go into... The starvation, the proximity, the nutrients relationship requires, straight tactics, hardcore, both ways, sexual variety, sexual needs, desires all need to be filled. This is a session of all sessions, and I just, that's all I'm going to say. Please dive in. I'll see you guys at the end. Ja. Yo, what's good, my friends? Welcome back to the BDP. This is episode 104, how to set up long distance relationships. Now, before we dive into one of the most beautiful contexts, this straight hardcore email received from a guy that's uh, really just in the love of his life right now of this woman and whether to think about do this do we do the long distance relationship do we do the LDR or not let me just hit you guys with my straight thoughts on this Sunday session on long distance relationships and the best way and the most successful way to set up a long distance relationship which is that you don't set it up at all you don't give birth to it at all you don't give an inception at all that a long distance relationship is never going to be optimal it's never going to allow the newborn relationship that you guys have brought forth to ever thrive. You know, it's a survival mechanism. And when I think about long distance relationships in general, they're acceptable temporarily. You know, the long distance relationship is like starving a newborn of its vital nutrients and oxygen. Temporarily, that's acceptable for its survival. You take away a newborn's oxygen, you take away its vital nutrients for a short period of time intermittently, it's still probably going to survive. But what's going to be said of its long-term growth? What's going to be said of its long-term health? You're probably going to fuck it up. Right? You're probably going to mess it up. You will for sure cause birth defects. However, it's still most likely going to survive. But on the flip side, what's unacceptable for its survival rate, which means it's going to die, is if you have this indefinite deprivation of nutrient, vital nutrient and oxygen. And a relationship is like a newborn. When you guys start a relationship, it is a newborn and that it requires 
the utmost care. It requires your full attention. It requires these vital nutrients and oxygen of proximity, which is why the long-distance relationship is always set up to fail. Because as human beings, we value what is proximal. We value what is proximal to us, and that is just it's a biological hardwiring. That if you think back 10k, 10K years ago, go back 300k years ago to the inception of the sapiens, the way that we know ourselves now, if you just want to look at it that way, at what stage and at what time would it ever be a close relative or a close uh, partnership relationship that we have be taken away from us? Either death or ostracization, ostracization in which that that person fucked up, that person uh, took more took more than their fair share. They maybe they lied, they cheat, they steal, whatever it was, and we had to ostracize them from the community, right? And then so they become distant. Of our closest people that we knew, whether our tribes were between 100 to 150 people, they were all proximal to us. We saw them on the day-to-day. You know, we fought with them. We bled with them. We cried with them. We hunted with them. We foraged with them. We, we made love with them. All of this together in this close proximal range our entire lives. And, we, and we, we learnt to operate that way and value in that way. So we value those people very closely. And we gave the best to those relationships. So it just re- never really, I, can, I can't foresee, a, I can't not even foresee in our time in 2020, almost 2020, 2019, in, in a situation that would thrive with distance. Now, there's so much more, we haven't even got into the context of this guy's email yet, but I wanted to hit you with some straight tactics. I haven't even set you up on how this is a Sunday session right now, we'd never record on a Sunday. But just tying this up right here, just before we do dive into the real context, and I get the sip on matcha. Yes, to I guess if we're setting up a menu, if we're setting up the index of this podcast, I will probably towards the end give my best recommendations. They'll probably probably organically filter their way in throughout the session of how if you have decided that, well, the long distance relationship is just better than nothing. Ah, that's an argument though. That's an argument I'll be willing to have with a lot of people and which we will start to, we will flesh out with this guy's individual context because he's He's in a stage of life with, with this woman right now that's blowing his fucking mind and he's really considering that maybe this would be better than nothing. We'll get to that later. So that's something we'll pin up. Another thing we'll pin up is if you did decide to go down a long dis- distance relationship, how would be the best way? You know, I know I said at the beginning that the best way to set up a long distance relationship is that you don't set it up at all. I know that's my general principle. That's the foundation that I want to lay down right here. But in the sense of taking it literally, how would I go about that? I will give you guys some tactics on that. Oh, oh welcome to the Sunday session. <laughs> Let's get a sip of this market. Oh, shit. This is a triple shot matcha right here with some salted as well. Himalayan rock salt in there. I needed it because we never record on a Sunday. I don't record on weekends in general. Generally speaking, Saturdays, Sundays, I don't do bowl-related stuff. Uh, you know, I set up auto stuff, but not not stuff that I'm actively doing. But this guy sent me an intense email, Re- reached out to me on the gram, Tang one shout out to that, follow me up if you're not there yet. But I realized that there was a lot more to this. And, and I'm so glad that he, that he did send me uh, the full context because this is one of the most beautiful stories I've ever heard. What we're about to dive into is one of the most romantic, if there is a Disney fairy tale in this world, this kind of feels like it. This kind of feels like it, and you know, I've been through a couple experiences in my life which I would akin to the Disney fairy tale. This is certainly one of them, so I'm very excited to go into the story. I'm going to be uh, quite careful with uh, names and locations. I'm going to refer to him as Steve-O, 
and uh, we'll keep it as the blanket Steve-O. And so we got that email from him. I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you enjoyed the last social Q&A live, enjoying the podcast, enjoying the content. Uh, I would, if you're in this right now, watching this on YouTube, drop a thumbs up down below. Uh, drop your feedback, drop me a comment. And always feel free to reach out to me at boldoja.com. On every single page on boldoja.com, there is pretty much a contact me form where you guys can send me your contacts, which is what this guy did today uh, for a potential podcast or if you just need some guidance along the journey, you know reach out. So without further ado, let us get into this context. This is, get ready for this as well. Like I was like, you better buckle up right here. This is going to blow your, blow your heart away. This is just beautiful. So Steve-O, I'm not going to say which country he's from. I'm just going to say, how how about I say he's from the Americas? Let's say he's from the Americas, okay? I'm not saying where in America. I'm not even saying it is America. It could be South America. It could be North America. It could be South. You don't know. <laughs> I just want to be extra cautious because uh, just in case his girl happened to watch this, I'm not sure how she would come across this, but maybe she does. I don't know. Actually, I do know that a lot of my male followers, a lot of them have girlfriends that do follow me as well, and they eventually get their girlfriend in on the content, which I'm most appreciative of. So I'm just going to be careful. I'm going to call him Steve-O. He's somewhere in the Americas. And he sent me the, this full-blown email saying with the subject line of to do LDR or not. Here's the situation. I met his... Yes, I can... Oh, no, I'm not going to say her, uh, her ethnicity. I'm going to cut that out as well. He knows. So he knows. He goes to it. I met a girl a few months back through Cold Approach. It was just like any other interaction at the time. I see her outside the bar. I casually talk to her. She had to catch an Uber to get home, so I got a quick Instagram handle. I didn't think much of it at the time with how short the interaction was. We went on a few dates together. Up until then, my relationships with girls have been mostly casual or short-term. Slowly, with each date, our connection gets deeper and deeper. Our dates within the first two months were the type you would see couples doing a year into a relationship. We went to concerts, the beach, a lot of restaurants together. As we got closer, the sex got better and better too. I think I even heard her whisper, in quotes, I love you, end quotes, once after an orgasm. But I may have misheard. (laughs) On one date, we were sitting on a bench talking about life and she asked about love. I didn't have an answer to her then because up to that point, I'd been pretty jaded about love. I would never forget that conversation as I'll talk about later. Hmm. We both decided we would go away to cottage country for a weekend. This was a turning point for us. Whenever we were together, it was like time and other people ceased to exist. We would randomly start dancing with each other in public or just start singing together. Hold up. Just making sure the time's not going off. Good. We're good. This Oh, let me pick my sword. Uh, yes, we would randomly start dancing with each other in public or just start singing together. She told me how she had never had anything like this with any other guy she had dated on many different levels, which made me feel validated too with all the work I've done on myself in the past couple of years. I won't lie. It felt like we had been together for a while and I knew that things could go over distance with this girl. Let me just reset here for a second. Now, it all sounds fine, but it would have been too perfect and I wouldn't be talking to you about this if that was the case. She broke the news to me that she had to move to Europe to finish her PhD program and it would take anywhere from three to five years. I felt crushed, but at the same time, I had a Euro trip planned in a month after she left. I had a trip to X country and another X country already booked. 
in brackets, I had an affinity for the ethnicity of this girl, things and things like that long before I met her, funnily enough, in brackets. So we agreed to meet in X country when I got there. That month leading up to my trip was tough for both of us. We texted constantly, had Skype calls weekly, and stayed up to date on each other's lives. We couldn't wait for X country. Mind you, I was still talking to other girls at this point. I actually ran into a girl I dated a year ago, a few days before this girl left. She wanted to hang out, but I nicely brushed it off. Every other interaction with other girls just paled in comparison with this girl. I tried to do an approach here and there, just trying to convince myself it was just some summer fling, but it wasn't. I was also seeing another girl when we first started dating, whom I ended up ending things with because I wanted to put my time into dating this girl. Then this country, then X country came. We picked up right where we left off. We went on wine tours, explored the city, and then the sex. Oh my god, the sex was out of this world. We already had great sex before she left. Sex when you have a deep connection with a girl is truly incredible, but it wasn't just about the sex with her. I actually told her I loved her one morning when we woke up. This took a lot for me to say because I've never really said it to any other girl I've been with before. I don't even say it to my parents. This took me back to our prior conversation and how jaded I was about love. I've changed a lot since then. I knew it meant, I knew I meant it when I said it to her. I've realized that I've let myself become the most vulnerable with this girl in a non-needy way. I feel the most matured yet the most exposed I've ever been. Excuse me. I felt the most matured yet the most exposed I've ever been. I felt that I've never needed to put up a mask when I was with her. She checks all the boxes for me. Her values strongly align with mine. She has strong family ties, similar views on money and sex, passionate yet open-minded, and most importantly, a growth mindset. On our last night together, we talked about all this, about envisioning a future together, going on more trips, ideas on marriage, we even, in brackets, half, in brackets, joked about having kids together. We told each other we love each other once again, and it just felt so right. Highlighted here, I've never been so clear about how I felt about someone until now, yet I've also never been so scared at the same time. And highlight. We said it will take a lot of work, but we're willing to do it. Money or time isn't a problem as we're both willing to put that into traveling and meeting each other halfway. But the harsh reality of having needs also came up. We're both very practical people who aren't clingy and we know that there will be other people coming in and out of our lives. That there will be opportunities to have something physical with these people. But what we have is something else. So we talked about possibly keeping it open too. I've also entertained also I've also entertained the thought of moving to Europe for a few years if a good opportunity arises. We haven't recently oh sorry, we haven't really decided on anything because this is uncharted territory for both of us. We like to think we're both very mature about this and can make it work, but I'm in my thirties now. This is a big risk for me, yeah, I'm willing to take it. I'm seeing her again early next year when I make another Euro trip. Then plan to go on another trip with her to Asia later in the year. I also know what would happen if we ended things. I know I'd be fine and can meet other girls again, but this feels like something worth pursuing. I don't know if you'll get to reading all this, but I'd love your outside perspective on this. Signed, him. Okay. <laughs> I'm almost crying. I'm actually almost crying. This is beautiful. It's so beautiful. I'm actually going to tear in my eye. I don't think that's ever happened before. Jesus Christ. 
Uh, well, well. I'm not sure why I got emotional during that. I mean, I th- you know what's interesting is that it's not actually like you might think that it's it's the Disney fairy tale, it's the love story that would that's making me emotional about it, but it's actually not. What's ma- and this is gonna fuck a lot of people off. But what's making me emotional and what brought a tear to my eye is him, his high level mindsets, his growth, his self awareness, his ability to read the situation with such accuracy. That is what got me above all else. To be honest, like, yes, the, the, the love story is beautiful, but the love story isn't what gets me. I, it's, it's because of why I'm sitting down for this potter. It's because of my entire journey. It's because of what I do as a coach and I live and breathe every day that the way this guy is speaking, the way this guy just laid out his mentalities and was able to address his fears, his future projections, wh- where he's been from the past, it was just a full outlay. I think that made me more emotional than anything else. Like, uh, that's, that's powerful. That's so powerful. Fuck, this matcha is good. <laughs> mm. So, it's almost like, it's like, where do I even want to begin with this now? Oh, shit. So, oh, man, it's, you know, it's, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. We started this portal with straight hardcore tactics because that took me to a different place. That really took me to a different place. I really, I thank him for being him. That's incredible uh, for him to uh, get me that emotional. Oh, okay. So we'll start with this. By the way, in a follow-up, because in my response to his email there, I responded to him just saying, let me know if it's okay if I use this as a full context for a portal. Uh, he said, absolutely. Sounds good to me. And actually, this is where we'll begin. He sent me a follow-up saying, a little additional context. Definitely disregard the part about moving there. If you remember in his message that he said that he would consider moving to Europe to be with her for several years because he had thought about it before. So he says here in his follow-up context, definitely disregard the part about moving there. It's ridiculous. I remembered how great, I remembered how great and interesting the life I've built back home is. I've got multiple hobbies, solid connections in career, friends, and family. Also, she knows this. She even said, in quotes, I don't want you to move. I know how good your life is there with your friends and family, etc." end quotes. Funny thing is, that made me more attracted to her with how aware she is. Uh, and where can I send you a donation? So that was the end of his follow-up context. So the reason why I am not going to disregard that, and maybe we'll just begin with this, uh, Steve-O, which is that it's real. The reason why you shouldn't disregard that and with how almost straight close to perfection your email was that you sent me, that's, that's this in line, here lies your first mistake, which is that, and the first little mini red flag, which is that, no, don't disregard that. Don't disregard your emotional feelings around wanting to uproot your life and go be with her for years at a time. Because if we dive back to the beginning of this potter, which that I said, that's, a long-distance relationship temporarily is acceptable, but indefinitely is unacceptable. Temporarily acceptable, indefinitely unacceptable. What you were trying to do there was what I would recommend. And maybe we'll start, or we'll come indefinitely towards the summary of this potter. But I guess let's, well, let's pause that for a second. Let me flesh that out a little bit more with the acceptable and unacceptable. Why is a long-distance relationship, why is the LDR acceptable temporarily? It's because you've set the long play, that you have a plan here, and that while that you've 
come to an agreement with your feminine partner here in which that, listen, we're going to accept that there's going to be a temporary starvation of vital nutrients and oxygen that this relationship needs to grow. However, it is acceptable because we see a future light. We see an end game. We see a final play. We see the long play of each other in which that there will exist there will be an existence somewhere in our journey together in which that we can come back and maybe we can make up for lost time, make up for lost nutrients, make up for lost oxygen and rebuild and repair and create something wholesome and good and true together in proximity. As long as, and that's why I say it's acceptable, that's the only time I could see a long distance relationship being acceptable if you have that long-term vision. If there is in fact a plan in place for that to happen. So coming back to your message now, when you say to me that disregard the part about moving uh, over there for her, I I wouldn't disregard that because one, on an emotional level, that's all you want to do. I'm sure if you're being 100% honest with with yourself based on the story that you just painted out for me, that's all you want to do with this girl. That you just want, you know, she sounds like the mother of your children. She, the way that you painted this, she sounds like the mother of your children. You sound like you're going to be the father of her children. That's the way it sounds like to me. And also when I was, listen, this is a Sunday session. And one of the things I do on Sundays is that I fast all through Sunday morning. And I do a full sauna, cold exposure, stretching, etc. When I was in a deep sauna before, and I was just thinking about your situation. And I was thinking about, because I read your email once. I read your email kind of briefly, but not intensely. I don't like to read them too intensely pre-potter. I like to give you my raw uh, response, which is how I got emotional about it. If I'd already read this a hundred times, I probably wouldn't have had like a little mini tear there. But I was thinking about in the deep sauna that of all this, this is, this is going to be a bit, actually, I need to reset before we say this. So give me a second. Of all the stories I've heard of all the people I've met, of even of myself, referencing myself, Anytime, anywhere, you number one, probably at this point, are the type of person I would recommend that monogamy would work out for. 100%, well, it's hard to say 100% for anything, but let me just say this. My confidence is 100% in you two having a monogamous relationship and it actually working out. You have, to the average person, that might not sound like such a big thing. To to the non-initiated, to those who don't follow my content, uh, who think that monogamy is normal and think that monogamy is the number one option, that might sound a bit confusing. But if you really just take in what I just said, and especially for my hardcores and for those that know my content, that is a huge statement that I just made. I can't remember the last time I gave someone my full confidence based on hearing their context of their journey of who they are right now and also the relationship between their current partner that I was able to give them my full confidence that yes, you two could dive into a long-term pair bonded monogamous relationship right now and you'd probably be good. You'd probably be all right, at least at least until things change in a, in a monumental way. But based on the way that you've painted this out, that you're the type of people right now, you're in the stage of life, that you're in a relationship right now that monogamy would be very suited towards. And we could go on about this. Let me just give you a few though that from his story, just to, because some of you might think, well, uh, this, my mind want to go so many places with this, but why? But why? Why is it that these two have a very high success chance at pulling off monogamy? Because based on what he just said there, that they're both so self-aware. Monogamy, re- relationships in general require self-awareness, but particularly for successful monogamy, both partners must have intense self-awareness around who they are, where they are in life. Because if 
look at the major downfalls of people that are in monogamous relationships. Most people get into monogamous relationships because they lack self-awareness, because they're just doing what other people have told them, because they're just following the company line. They are just following the beaten path in front of them. And listen, to reiterate for those that may be new to this potter and new to my content, I'm, I'm not against monogamy. I've never said that, I, that monogamy is not a good option. It's just not a good option for certain people at certain times in their lives. And that most people at certain, at, most people that get into monogamous relationships get into them out of scarcity. They do not get into them out of abundance. But when you listen to this guy's story, it sounds that for sure he can't, just look at it. Look at the beginning of the story is that he met her through cold approach and that he was seeing other girls through the inception of their relationship together. It's just like, that makes me so proud. It makes me so proud in at least egoic way in that that's exactly what I recommend that all of my clients go down, both girls, both guys. I've said this again and again. I'll say it to the end of time that all relationships should begin in an open and free manner. They should not begin in a closed and locked down. You can always go from open and free to closed and locked down and even return back to open and free, but you can almost never start closed and locked and then go to open and free. That requires a ridiculous shift which most people just, it's very rare. It's, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's very rare. And so this guy just did it right. He did it right. And he gave the, he gave the relationship time. And he gave, he gave him and this woman an opportunity to see who they were in relation to others. And that is what has allowed for this foundation to be built. And for him to truly be able to say that, listen, this, every other woman pales in comparison to her. And so with this, with all this stuff, wrapping back up, that's why I say that I have full confidence that if this guy did decide to go into a full, just a, a straight, long-term monogamous relationship with this woman, that he'd have my full confidence behind it. Because on the long play, on the long play, I'm also confident that if it ever stopped working for those two, they would be able to review, that they could come back and be able to at least have the best chance, at least have a better chance than most people I could say for at actually separating from their egos and looking at the situation objectively and looking at, well, what is this thing? What are we doing right here? This is a journey. We're riding this journey together. That's what a relationship is. And if, it, if they ever came to a fork in the road and decided, actually, I want to go left and you want to go right, that, listen, this is what needs to be done. And we can do this without causing tremendous amounts of pain for each other. And not to say that there won't be a certain process of letting go, and that is in of itself quite painful in general. But there won't be excessive amounts of pain caused that comes from deepening our claws, deeply entrenching our egos into what it means for us based in a scarce-based mindset, a deficient-based mindset, and needing the other person and needing them to make me and that needing that person to carry me. All I'm quite confident that at a certain stage, if that fork in the road ever came for these two, whether it be three years, five years, 10 years, it, even if it's not even consciously, maybe one of them just dies and they're forced to enter that fork in life, that they would be okay, that they would be okay. Now, I said that's a massive statement. Let me just get to this much. Oh, fuck, that's good. The reason why it's such a huge statement is because I just do not remember the last time I met a couple, that I met a guy, that I met a girl that was in a stage of life that I could give that confidence to. That's how rare it is. That's how rare it is. I, I know 
and that's just like by the way that's not like because that might not seem like such a huge sample size well that's just out of like it is close and the people he knows no i'm talking about all time i'm talking about ever since my inception into this this reality in in terms of like 1993 august 11th i i uh i haven't met i've i've it's like so few on on a on one hand that I could count the amount of people that I can think about right now where I thought, yes, you two are in a good place to settle down and to enter a long-distance relationship. Forget about, sorry, uh, forget enter a long-term monogamous relationship. Forget about the long distance for a second. Just get into monogamy in general. That's uh, that's a powerful, that's a powerful thing. And I don't want to undersell that, which is why I've spent a good amount of time on it. I will start to progress forward here though. And actually come back to the acceptance and the acceptable and unacceptable because I guess... I'm going to dive in and out with different tangents, different stories. And so, and yeah, wrapping it back up with my point on him about why I don't think he should disregard the uprooting of his life to go move uh, for her and how he said, and that, that's what I love. I love that he's protecting against his own ego. He, he said like, I know it sounds ridiculous to uproot my life and go move for her. It's not that ridiculous. You know why, man? You know why, Steve? Because of proximity. Because as human beings, we value proximity. And that if you just think about relationships with family, you know, I was, I was the kid that, you know, I was separated from my father at age three. And if you think that my relationship with my father is as strong as it is with my mother who I lived with, you're, you're wrong. It's not even close. Pales in comparison. There is no comparison that while I absolutely love my father, that there is just not the, the relationship is not even, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, there's planetary distances there's planetary distances in the relationship that I have with my father and the relationship that I have with my mother. And I saw my father once every second week, you know, uh, for a few years, like from ages three to eight, three to seven. I saw him every couple of weeks. So once, once every fortnight, and then it just got from once every fortnight to once every three, four months, and then once every term, and then once every year, and then once every five years. And that's kind of where it's at, you know what I'm saying? So, so and so my emotional connection to him only got weaker because the relationship was starved of its vital nutrients and vital nutrient number one being proximity. So it makes sense that you want to uproot your life and that you want to be with her in that way. And that when you say to me that it sounds ridiculous to do so, it's not so ridiculous. It's not so ridiculous, but I love that you're protecting against your ego. And I love that you're protecting against the needy part of yourself that would potentially egoically attach to her in that way. I love that you're doing all those things that you're self-checking. So excellent, my man, excellent. So let's come back to this. Uh, I was just kind of drive back up this tree about long-distance relationships and setting them up correctly. I I didn't quite I didn't quite flesh out fully what it means to have that temporary that temporary long play. Well, to set up the play with the temporary mindset, what does that really look like? Can we get some more micros around that, Adam? Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. So, so actually, I wanted to bring in another case study as well at a certain point here, but just before I do, because I realize I do need to actually finish points. I need to finish points. I need to get some points on the board. A long-distance relationship can definitely survive with the long play in mind, in which that if you guys, and it doesn't even need to be concrete. So if I, if I was, uh, if Steve here was one of my clients and he was asking me about this, what I would say is that, and, and what the conversation I'd like for him to have with his feminine 
in a very open and direct manner is that we need to set out our plan. We need to set out our, our future play here. And it's not so much about whether it ever comes to fruition. It's just that it, the main benefit is having the plan. It's not so much about the micros of, okay, so you're going to go live in Europe for the next three years. I'm going to live in uh, X country. I'm going to live in Australia for just, let's just say that, for example, I'm going to live, not that he's from Australia, but let's say that I'm living in Australia. She's going to live in Europe and she's going to be there for the next three years. And I'm going to be like, she's there because she's still going to be studying her PhD for the next three years. So that's cemented. And then I'm going to be doing my thing here indefinitely. But we know for sure at a certain point in time, we just say that in three years time, we're going to bring it together. And that we're going to bring this together in a way in which that we're going to live together. And that we do set the future vision in which that we do come together in a proximal relationship that is going to be on the day-to-day that will give the nutrient back to this relationship of the love that it needs in proximity. As long as that plan is there, and you don't even have to know how that's going to happen. That's not the point. The principle here is that you actually set a plan in which that that is the goal. That is the peach tree. That is the peak tree atop of this mountain that you will eventually work towards. How the micros of that works out, that stuff you're going to work on, work out along the way because three years is a long time. Three years is a very long time. Let me reset it. Three years is an extremely long time when you guys are separated from each other, but at the same time, it's an extremely fast amount of time. At 30 years old, three years goes by in a flash. And so it's a paradox. It's the paradox of time in which that you guys can fall apart you guys can separate so much within that amount of time. But at the same time, it does go by very quickly. As you said, paradox of time. It's That's actually for a different conversation here. We could spend all day talking about that. But to my point, without getting lost in the weeds of that, which is that as long as the plan is there, then this three years will go by very quickly and it will make sure that you two have that light, have that vision, have that tree that you're walking up this mountain towards. And in your time, in that time together, yes, you're going to have your short-term trips. You can have your three months. You can have your three-monthly trip to Asia and your three-monthly that. And, and you have your weekly Skype calls and you do all those little micro things to help supplement the nutrients that the relationship needs. But the number one thing that I think this long-distance relationship needs in order for it to be a temporarily acceptable one is that it is, in fact, temporary. That the principle is that it is, in fact, temporary. That there was never an indefinite nature to this. This is where long-distance relationships fuck up the most. And this is where they break down in which that the two come together out of a place of scarcity and out of a place of need and straight egoic attachment. And instead of having having the self-awareness to go, well, obviously this is not optimal. They never want to admit that. In all long-distance relationships that break down, there is never an admittance of that this is not optimal. They Because they're coming from a frame of mind and a perception of reality that this person is my all and everything. That this person is the one that I want to ride and die with and that there's no chance I could possibly meet anyone else and there's no chance that, that my partner could possibly meet anyone else. So we have to make this work. And within that grinding of we have to make it work, we set up this long-distance relationship. Well, well, I'm, it's, it's not going to be better than nothing. Nothing would be worse. No, that's the mindset here of a long-distance relationship that fails is that nothing would be worse. But if you look at Steve-O's mindset here is that they've both come to acknowledge that actually I, we both know that we could move on. That's what's so beautiful about it is that we both know we could move on. And this is the thing. This is the thing is that when you're in the throes and the kinetic romance of this inception of a newborn relationship 
and it's just overwhelmed with the ecstasy of that we love each other in this moment, that you could not envision meeting someone as great as the person you're with right now. And that holds true until you meet the next person that is as good, if not better, as the person you're with right now. It's true until it's no longer true. Think about in your past. For 18-year-old puppy dogs right now, you probably have not learned this lesson, but go through another 10 years of life, and what you soon realize is that that drunken haze of being in the throes of the kinetic romance between you and your partner right now, which that you cannot envision someone being as good as this person right now. You cannot envision a relationship as amazing and the sex as amazing and the connection as amazing as with this person right now. Just go through another 10 years of life and for the average person, you will meet someone with a connection of similar nature, if not better. It's true while it is right now. It's true until it's no longer true. So long distance relationships that fail coming back here, they do not accept that nature. They do not accept that there is the possibility that my partner could meet someone as great as me. Because, and I've said this before, but I need to hammer it again because it's a while back. What made you attracted to your partner will also attract you to someone else. What you found attractive in your current partner is the exact same qualities that will attract you to someone else. Now, it's very painful to hear to people that believe in fate and that believe in destiny and destiny, and they believe in the universal gods up above that have an investment in your romantic way and path in this life. But if you look at it objectively, uh, the same things that attracted to you, you to this person and the frequency that they are operating on, there is the potential that you could meet someone on the same frequency with the same qualities and that could actually provide something much more for you. It's because how do we know this to be true? Because if you just live life long enough, you'll know this that through the event of multiple partners showing you this, that you meet other people. If you were to say to 16-year-old Adam that his girlfriend at 16 years old, that listen, man, don't don't ride so deep and don't get so attached. Don't get so deeply egoically attached to this girl because there's a good chance that if you keep going out and meeting girls and bring the best of your 50 and at the intersection of those two things, you will probably meet a girl that's going to eclipse her and that your relationship through the evolution of your being will eclipse that. He would fight me tooth and neck. He would fight me tooth and neck to prove me wrong, but just give him another 10 years. Give give 16-year-old Adam another 10 years and he comes back at 26 I've met several girls since my girlfriend at 16 that have shown me again and again that the same things that made me attracted to her in that moment made me attracted to these other girls and that actually my relationships with the girls past that 16-year-old girl were just so much better because I kept evolving and I kept growing. So long-distance relationships that are set up with an indefinite mindset, they're set up with an indefinite mindset because those two are not mature enough yet to accept that nature that well, life is temporary. Life is temporary. Our situation in life is temporary. Who we are is temporary. Our evolution and where we are at this moment in life is temporary. And to think that we could preserve that and that we could preserve this relationship and then add distance, that we could preserve where our relationship is and then add distance and that would somehow work itself out, and that, would, and that we could somehow maintain, and actually not even just maintain, forget that, because that's not the idea with people with indefinite mindsets. On, because in, and by the very nature of an indefinite mindset behind an LDR is that you think that's the best, that you think that that will actually, if not the best, but that's going to prosper and that's going to 
be optimal. But it's not. It's never going to be. You're starving the relationship of its number one key nutrient, which is proximity. Now, I want to talk about, I want to talk about, there's something else I want to tell I just want to think is now the right time. There's something I want to mention about here about best management, best management practices. Yeah, maybe. Okay, maybe we'll start to dive into this here. Let me just get some water. Because there's definitely best practices for managing. I guess that's where we would go to next and that where my man Steve would be listening to. Okay, so, because we kind of fleshed up. But have we fleshed out the indefinite? I feel like I have not ripped on the indefinite enough. I think you guys get it. I think you guys get it. I think I just want to make sure that I haven't undercooked it. Oh, that's right. There was a case. There was a case study. This is what I want to point out here. There was a case study I was going to bring up of the outliers that make an indefinite long-distance relationship work, which actually only proves the rule. And that's the thing, is that the outliers prove the rule. Because some people might point to these outliers, well, what about my, I don't know, these two people, I know these two people that made a long-distance relationship work indefinitely, and they don't have any plans. And I didn't quite uh, shore up the the plan making as well, so we'll come back to that as well. So yeah, I felt like we were a bit undercooked there. It's Sunday sesh, give me a break. <laughs> uh, so I want to speak to an outlier. There's one outlier that I know of currently in this current day and age, 2019. That's actually a really good case study, which is a girl that she's been in a long distance relationship with her now fiance for three years. And she lives in the US, he lives in Europe, which is... And so they started off, I'm not sure how, I don't know how they met, I don't know their story very well, but I do know that she's been quite openly public about how the relationship is going and, uh, well, if not, you know, like not she's not, not that she's doing podcasts on it, but, you know, she'll post updates on her Facebook every now and again, etc. And, oh, yes, and this is what I want to talk about, the cheating stuff. This is what I want to talk about, the sexual variety and the sexual needs. Because this girl's a bit of a freak, sexually. So... They got engaged, I think, a year ago, maybe. I'll, 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 correct me if I'm sorry if I'm wrong. I'm just getting the details. I, I'm not like that tight with her. I'm not that tight with her. Uh, but I think they've been engaged for about a year. And they were in a long-distance relationship for about two years, got engaged. And to the best of my knowledge, I don't know, though. So I don't know. So she's listening to this piece of content. I could be 100% wrong on this. But just based on the vibe she was giving off, which is that they do not have a temporary mindset behind the LDR. And the reason why I say this is because in, in the way that she writes her posts, in the way that she, when they commemorate certain time marks in, and uh, time stamps in their relationship, uh, it seems to be that they're content with the long-distance relationship, which gives me the impression that they have no plans of living together and bringing it together and working towards getting rid of the LDR and bringing it towards uh, the optimal and bringing it towards a proximal relationship, a close distance relationship. So, oh, sorry, close, that doesn't even make sense. A close, a close proximity relationship, there we go. That's, so, so that's why I say this is an outlier and that those two seem to have made it work for themselves. Now, I don't know them on the day-to-day. I don't know if either of them have cheated on each other. I don't know their day-to-day worries. I don't know any of that stuff. However, just the fact that they're still in it, that 
this is the best thing I can point towards of an LDR I know of actually working out to some degree. Let me reset it. Now, those two are an outlier, especially to get engaged. Now, am I saying that those two are, when you go back to all the things I talked about before, about what, all the flaws of the indefinite mindset? Because I don't, and I can't, I just want to re- reiterate here again, I cannot say for 100% sure that I know that they have an indefinite mindset behind the LDR. I just know that they have not given the opposite. They have not given me any inclination that they are actually moving towards uh, a, uh, just to the, towards the temporary mindset and to actually bring it together. So just please keep that in mind. So with that being said, how these two made it, uh, made it work, how these two, I don't, to be honest, I don't, I don't really know. I know that, that they definitely keep the frequency up with uh, the online communication for sure. That's, that definitely helps. Oh, for sure, it would not be possible 1950s, but 2019, I'm sure they're doing the micros that we'll sum up with in this potter. But I just, it's the, ah, yes, here we go. This is what I wanted, really wanted to get to here, which is the sexual variety, the sexual needs. I want to dip off here for a second because I, because I know this girl is a sexual freak. I know she's freaky. How do I know this? Because our relationship together was that this is the type of girl that was hitting me up on, uh, I, I'm, good, I'm glad I could say this stuff. I'm glad I could tell you these guys, you guys, these details because I have not mentioned names at all. I'm pretty sure she doesn't even listen to this pod. Even if she does listen to this pod, she would have no idea. This could be any girl. She doesn't know. So. I haven't mentioned her name or any, given any inclination to who she is. So I can definitely release these dates. But she's a freak. She's a sex freak for sure. Like on, on Snapchat, just sending me, just almost on the daily sending me the nudes. And if I, she got upset. She got upset. I remember when I went to Los Angeles a few years ago for that meditation retreat, just that solo meditation retreat where I went to Los Angeles for 10 days. And I just, I just, uh, I stayed in Venice Beach and I just meditated every day on Venice, uh, Venice Beach and I'd walk up and down the Los Angeles coastline. I'd do like 20K steps a day and it's just one of the greatest times of my life. I just went solo. I just, just did it. And it was amazing, amazing times. Shout out to Gabe as well, who I met there. Um, if he's still listening, Gabo Campo. And, uh, I remember she got super upset at me because I didn't tell her she lives, she lives somewhere in middle America and, Hey, yeah, definitely not going to save a city now. But she got super upset with me because she really wanted to see me at the time. And she had just come. That's right. That's how we met. We met through because she used to follow my portrait and photo video on my other account at Adam KYUI. And she got to know me through my uh, photo and video work. And so I don't think she follows me on this channel. But man, she, uh, she used to send me just on the daily, on the daily, just really aggressive sexual, sexual talk, sexual uh, imagery, sexual video. Uh, it's, you know, it's like, it's like, it's just, I'm just thinking back to it because it's been years now and to think about where she is now. And so what I'm about to paint towards and what I'm coming towards the story is that this girl's a bit of a sexual freak and needs sexual variety for sure. Now, is this guy able to provide that for her? No, based on the principle that they are distal that they have distance, that he can't be there, that they can, they don't see each other that often. I, I, to the best of my knowledge, I, and I could be wrong on this, but you know, I think that they have like long stints, like maybe they'll see each other for like a month, for a month at a time, but it's separated by quite a long bit of time. It's separated by months and months, but they'll be, they'll, months will go by where they don't see each other for sure, if not a year and a bit at a time, I think long, at least at the beginning of their relationship. And so when we come down to sexual needs now, sexual variety, 
This is another big problem. This is another huge problem with the long-distance relationship. That as human beings, we are hardwired to have sexual needs. Biologically, biologic hardwiring, we need sexual variety. Now, in 2019, I'm sure it's very different to how it was 10,000 years ago. And that I'm only speaking generalities, and I'm only speaking on the average, as I have when I've spoken in other polaries about sexual variety, which is that there are definitely on the the scale, there is scale that there are definitely couples that can get away with having much, much, much less sexual variety, much, much less sexual exposure and frequency than other couples. While some couples need to get it done three times a day, every single day, all day, every day type thing, right? That's some couples and they have that sexual desire and sexual need. Well, I know other couples that maybe they just need to bang it out once a couple times a month and they're good. And they're good. That exists. It definitely exists and everyone is different. And I would say that for those that want to make an LDR work, one of the prerequisites is that you two are going to have to have, if not have, will definitely have to pre uh, curtail your sexual needs. You're either going to have to have very low sexual needs or you're going to have to curtail your sexual needs, which is never going to be a good option in general because you're stifling. You're stifling that sexual energy, which is, the, by the way, the, the predominant driver of all relationships. So that's why it's never going to be a good option. But if you can get two people that have very low sexual needs, that's going to help. That's definitely going to help in maintaining. Uh, I don't like using the word maintaining because maintaining by its very nature is not good. But preserving that, surviving, survival. There you go. For the survival of a long-distance relationship, for the two partners to have low sexual needs, that's definitely a bonus. But when I think about this girl and this guy that I know, uh, who's and she's a sexual freak when I knew her, could have changed, but I don't know. But I don't know. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. And to my best, I want to say something that's going to rub a few feathers here. I want to say, I want to say something that's going to cause, cause, uh, cause a few feminists to freak out. <laughs> cause a few white knights to get their swords out draw their swords, which is that for this girl that is engaged and is deeply in love and she makes posts about how how deeply in love she is and how great the long-distance relationship is with this guy, I am quite sure that if I, this day, today, what is the date today? The 15th of September 2019, if I flew from Australia to her city somewhere in middle America and I said to her, hey, I'm in town, I am 100% guaranteed sure that I would get her to come out of me that night and that I would 100% with ease be able to take her through an amazing night together. We would get together, we would connect, you know, we'll, we'll grab a drink, we'll go down to the beach, we'll sit by the sunset and that I would be able to take her through the dance of masculine and feminine polarity and allow our energies to intertwine with each other and to connect a sexual and to connect on a both emotionally and physical sexual level that I would be with, with I'm, I'm so sure, I am so sure that regardless of her commitment to this guy, of with their long distance relationship, they've been together for three years, that they're engaged as well, that I'm 100% guaranteed that if I, if I saw her today, today, and I provided her with the masculine energy that I know she needs, that she would 100%, she wouldn't be able to resist. She would not be able to resist. I just I would I would put I would put ridiculous sums of money. I would 
I would I wouldn't go as far to put people's lives on the line, but I would put ridiculous amounts of money on that I could get that done. And get it done because it's providing what she needs. That I know that she's a sexual freak. And I know that she's deprived of that. And I know that she's deprived of that because of this long distance relationship. And while she's entertained and accepted the deprivation of the sexual needs because she's obviously found something in this relationship with this guy who lives in Europe and she lives in America. So for them, it's better than nothing for them just to maintain, again, maintain, to maintain the survival of this relationship. And maybe, I don't know if they have the long-term plan of setting up, of coming together in a close proximity relationship, but I know that she's, she's a sexual freak and that whatever she's doing to, to that's my question. What is she doing to alleviate those needs, to fulfill those needs? Because it's either coming through uh, manual and digital stimulation through herself, or it's going to be coming through the external and through another partner in which that her current partner does not know about. And hey, this is why I say it's going to rub a few feathers. It's going to rub a few feathers in which that, and hmm, let me say this. For those of you like wondering, how, how are you so sure, Adam? How are you so sure that you could, that if you were to see her tonight, if you were to see her today, that she would let she would let it loose and that she would throw away this three-year relationship, long-distance relationship, just to have one night of passion with you? The way that I know that I am so guaranteed is because of history and because of past experiences. And that this she's not the first girl that I've met this with. And she is not the first woman that I've been with that has told me in post. And that she, sorry, she would not be the first woman that I have been with that has told me in post that actually I have a boyfriend, that actually I have a partner. And that if you were just to look at the advent of cheating, and if you just to look at the fact of its very nature, that the concept of cheating exists, that this proves to the point that sexual needs and sexual desires are real. And that yes, and it is not a question of morality. It is not a question of honor either. It's not a question of whether this person's a good person or a bad person. Please go back to my potters on cheating. I've got I've got a potter on the truth of why girls cheat on guys or the truth of why guys cheat on girls. It's one of those two. I can't remember. There's a whole potter on cheating. That's the truth of why guys cheat on girls, I think is what it's called. Let me reset it. So you can go check out that part for more depth, but let me just say it right here, which is that there's the amount of times, the amount of times that I've been out, I've been out with girls that have had sexual experiences with girls that told me afterwards or even told me pre as well and told me that it's fine. And, or if not explicitly stated that it was fine, but went out with me on a day two and then told me during the day two, oh, by the way, just so you know that I have a boyfriend. And I'm like, well, that's cool. I'm still going to keep leading. This is what you signed up to. You don't have to be here. You do not have to be here, but you've signed up to an interaction with a masculine being. And by the very nature of me being a masculine being, I am going to lead this. If you are showing me the energy, the feminine energy, the interest, if you are still here with me, then I am going to keep leading. I do not know any other way of operating. By being an alpha masculine being here, I do not know what it means to be friends with a girl who's showing me sexual interest. That does not exist within my reality. So get out now if you do not want to make a mistake. Right? She knows this and you lay it out for her. The amount of girls that will go, oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And just like the white knights don't want to admit this. The white knights and the feminists do not want to admit that. That, And not even just the feminists, but just the... The, the the serial monogamists, the, the Disney fairy tailists, 
that do not want to accept our biological nature, which is that we have sexual needs. That and so I know I've taken it out pretty macro here, but I want to let me just finish the macro point of which that we all have sexual needs, we all have sexual desires, we need to know ourselves. We need to know: Am I the type of person that can go several months at a time without, without having those sexual needs fulfilled by my partner? In which case, that's okay for them to be away for months at a time. Hey, if you if that's you, cool. If that's you, cool. But let me say this: It's very easy to be honest. It's very easy to be honorable when you don't have options. It's a very easy to to not. It's it's a I said it before. What is it? What is the quote? It's not even by me. But the quote is, it's easy. There you go. It's easy to be faithful when you don't have options. It's very easy to be faithful when you don't have options. But if you're the type of person that, like the average human being that does have sexual interest in the opposite sex, if you're presented with that option, the power, the power required to resist and to refuse, it's, uh, you're, 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 it's almost super. It's almost super in that sense. And I'm not saying, and that's why I never question. That's, sorry, that's why I never, I never, yeah, that's why I never question integrity. I never question a person's moral fiber if they cheat on someone in a night of passion and it was not an active, an active conscious decision premeditated and that they were actively knowingly going into the situation attempting to try and get one over on their partner. That's where my delineation and differentiation is, which is that people that actively pursue cheating and that say, say, uh, say you take this, this girl and this guy I'm talking about before. Well, yeah, it's, it's, let's say that she, she's actively engaging this guy in a long distance relationship while simultaneously pursuing other people and not telling him. And they're not in an open style. And it's just, it is a committed, monogamous, long distance relationship. Yet she's still going out to the club and getting, getting her fuck on each each weekend. And he doesn't know. You know, that's, that you can then you have, I would not judge you for judging that person. I would not, I then you can bring their moral fiber into question. I'm not going to do it. It's not my place. But, but there is questions to be asked there for sure. However, for a girl that is in a committed, long distance relationship that. Is that isn't going out trying to get her fuck on each week and is trying to fuck her, fuck, her, fuck this guy over and try and mess this guy's life up and just lying to him for years at a time. And you're actively consciously, you know, underplaying him and, and back, backsliding this. For the girl that meets a guy at a fucking, at, at, at a, on, a, on a hike out, at a yoga class, at a at a tea ceremony, at a whatever what it is, at a tapas lounge where she was just with the girls. She was just with the girls out one night and she just happened to meet this cool guy at a bar. And this cool guy just happened to be at him and he, and he just, and he was a masculine being and he could and he could feel and he was able to provide her this this injection of masculine energy that she has not felt in such a long time because she's been so committed to this long distance relationship. She hasn't seen her partner in years or months at a time at least. And he's just providing that energy. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming because at a, at a hardcore biological wiring, if you just want to go back to our evolutionary bring up on the come up, that we, most of us, we're used to having sexual stimulation multiple times a day, multiple times a day. You just got to look at our, 
you just just had a just hit up not even just Sex at Dawn, but the Red Queen by Matt Ridley, and that we are definitely we are we are opportunists. We are opportunists, and if when provided with sexual potential, when provided with sexual variety, we will take it. We will take it because it will ensure our survival, and that. And there's in the Red Queen, there is a lot of research done, and a lot of there's a lot to be said said for the woman that settles down into a monogamous pair bonded relationship with a man that will provide for her while simultaneously sleep with many other males, right? To to so that she gets the best of both worlds, but best of both worlds, in which that yes, I have a male that will protect, that will provide. But at the same time, I get to, without his knowledge, without him knowing, I do get to stimulate sexual variety and to get to spread my genes even further through many other multiple males without him knowing. And she gets a better both worlds. It's very interesting stuff that Matt dives into in The Red Queen. But anyways, anyway, I'm so down here for a second. We're going, we're going to move Mars now, but I want to bring it back here with this girl. And what I was going to tie back up there, how am I so sure, is that this is the nature of the girls that I've seen. I've I've been I've been with girls. I've closed girls that have fiancés. I've I've been told goodbye girls on day twos that they that they have boyfriends and they're more than willing to go down sexual experiences. Now they don't say it consciously, of course, right? But they also at the same time do not consciously do the opposite. That a girl will just in the absence of a girl saying, "Well, hey." I, I'm, I've got a boyfriend here. Just the lack of that conscious admission, a girl will let herself fall into a masculine being that will lead her down a path of uh, sexual stimulation. As long as she, as long as she does her part, as long as she does her part, and she says, "Just so you know, I, have, I do have a boyfriend." I'm like, "Well, that's cool because I don't give a fuck if you're still here. That means you're down." Right, she's like, oh well, dude, dude, right? Well, you know, I'm not, not that I'm saying I am down, but she's also saying that she's not. She's also not saying saying that she's not, and that's, you know, that's the game that a lot of girls will play. And so, with that being said, to tie up this point, the reason why I'm so sure that with this girl that's been in this long distance relationship for three years with this other guy, and she's engaged to him, the way that I would put, I'm so sure and so confident that if I was just to take her out for a night and just show her a good time. And not just a good time sexually, but just a good time emotionally. Just provide the masculine energy that I know that she needs because I know that she's a freak sexually as well. But And so a girl that's physically sexually a freak, that also comes hand in hand with her emotional desires and her emotional needs as well. A girl that is that is that that has extreme physical sexual requirements also requires extreme emotional fulfillment as well, in which that she just loves to be in the presence of, of strong masculine energy. And when that is provided, it's going to be very hard for her to turn that down. And this is the final point. And it's not to say that she was not committed to her long distance partner. It's not to say that she loves him any less and that she doesn't want the best for their relationship any less. And that's why you can't question her integrity, her moral fiber, because it was just, she didn't premeditate it. She didn't, that would be different. If she did premeditate it, that's a different story. But if it was just in this one night of passion and this one circumstance in which the masculine energy was provided and she just, and she couldn't overcome her biology, then I don't, there's no question there. And I understand. And I understand. And I understand because, and for the white knights out there who are now starting to put their swords back in, 
who are now starting to sheath, sheath our sword and starting to understand. And go, oh, maybe I can see that. Maybe, maybe people who cheat aren't absolute scumbags if it wasn't premeditated. Maybe, maybe people that cheat are just overcome by their biology. And that it doesn't mean that they love their committed partner any less. It's just that they were provided with a fulfillment of need in which that was not being fulfilled. A desire that was not being fulfilled before. It's very interesting. And that's when you start to have compassion. It's when you start to have compassion. And now as we start to bring this back in from a man, Steve, I need him to think about this. I need Steve to think about this and I would like him to have this conversation with his girl. And if need be, play this, listen to this podcast together. I would love for them to listen to this podcast together because I'm going to bring it back for them to them to right now. But even if he doesn't want uh, him her to listen to this, if he could just have the conversation with her around their sexual needs, their sexual desires, if not, it sounds like they already have. But as for the long play of their relationship, that's where this needs to go and where this conversation is now going to shift towards. Oh, let me reset. Where this conversation now needs to shift towards is the relationship between my man Steve and this girl with the most beautiful love story I've heard in quite some time. And they need to talk about their sexual desires for sure. They need to talk about their their sexual needs, how they will be fulfilled. Because if they do not discuss the fulfillment of said needs, they are setting up the relationship for failure. They are setting up the relationship for failure. And so I think now... What would my recommendation be? And this is what it would be, which is that if these two have decided that we are going to entertain a temporary mindset behind the long distance relationship, in which that she's going to live in Europe for three years, I'm going to live in, in let's just say Australia for the next three years as well. It's not, but let's say it is. Uh, we're going to live worlds apart. Let's say that we're going to live worlds apart for the next three years. Obviously, as fully functioning, physically fit human beings, it does not make sense to deprive ourselves of the joy of sexual fulfillment. It does not make sense because at some point, let's look at it this way. At some point, being mature, honest adults about it, at some point, it's either, it's going to happen. At some point, it's going to happen. If it's, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, at some point, one of us is going to make a mistake. But what if we could set up the relationship in a way in which that we don't label it a mistake. What if we could set up our relationship in an adult manner in which that actually we address our sexual needs, we, we address our sexual desires, and we actually allow for it. We actually allow for this and we have the awareness around that what made us attracted to each other will definitely be presented in someone else. And in the event, and this is what, and I'm not telling them to do this. This is not me telling them. I'm saying that this is what I would be doing. What I would be doing with my partner, if this is the situation, is I'd say is that it's foolish for me to believe that with you, my this woman that is just blowing my fucking mind, rocking my fucking world, and has shown me a new light in a way in which I've not seen before, it is foolish for me to believe that all of those qualities and all those things that have made me attracted to you will not be presented to another man in which that you will receive some some form of reciprocation from. And to feel like you wouldn't want to at least explore that with him as well. That seems foolish to me. And I don't want to deprive that you of that. Even, and how about this? Even if we were in a close 
proximal proximal relationship, I still wouldn't want to provide you pro, uh, deprive you of that. But especially because we are not in proximity, which means I can't fulfill that for you. I need to acknowledge that you're that wild horse. You're that wild horse. And for me to put a rein on you, for me to put the restrict, for me to tie you to the post, for me to tie you to the post and say, listen, if I can't see you for the next three to six months, you're not allowed to have explore that sexuality. You're not allowed to explore your sexuality. You're not allowed to grow through sexuality through the next six, three to six months. And I know you love me. I know you love me. I know we have a connection that is unlike anything else. And I know right now you could not foresee that this connection could be born of anyone else. But trust me, please trust me that it is possible. If it happened with me, it can happen with someone else. And even if our connection remains the number one for the rest of our lives, there is still a biological hardwiring to fulfill your sexual needs. And that the reason why I love you and a part of the reason why I love you so much is that you have that wild femininity. You have that wild femininity that made me so attracted to you. And that can only blossom through this free range ability to run, to run wild. And I would only be stifling you. I would only be chaining you down to this post if I did not allow that to be. So what I want for you, and again, to reiterate, this is not me telling him to do this. This is not me telling them to do this. But for me, if it is me, what I'd be saying to my girl is that, but what I would like you to do is that in the event, let's say you hit up that tapas chill night with your girls and uh, you haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen each other for a few months and you just happen to meet another guy that does provide you a wholesome masculine frame that could take you for a night of passion and that you're not consciously, and it's, now it's no longer a mistake. Now it's no longer you having to feel regret and guilt and and feel like that's on one end, but on the other end, feel like you have to restrain and feel like you have to go, no, no, I can't do this. No, 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 I'd be, be fucking up. I'd be fucking up and I'll be fucking Adam over and I would hate myself because of it. No, I don't want you to hate yourself because of it, because I know that in the past, you would have entertained that situation that you would have let go into that situation, which is what allowed you to grow, which was what allowed you to see yourself in relation to this other guy that made yourself evolve and become the type of woman that has now in this day made me attracted to you. So but so please explore it. Please explore it. And if by if if it meant because and for the for the for the attached and needy and for the egoically entrenched, why would they never do this? And why would they almost throw up at that idea? It's because what what if what if he's better than me? What if he provides her something that I can't provide her on another level? Not just physically, obviously because of the distance, but on an emotional level. And then she decides at the drop of a hat that actually I want to be with this guy and not Adam anymore. Well, then that's okay. I was good the day before I met you, so I'll be good the day after. And that's all I want my girl to know. That's all I want my woman to know, whether we're in a long-distance relationship or a close proximal relationship. All I want her to know is that I was good the day before, so I'll be good the day after. And what that means is that I don't need you locked down, that I'm happy for you. I want us to have the best chance of our relationship possible, so we're going to set it up with an in-depth, uh, with a 
temporary mindset that our long distance nature of our relationship depriving it of its vital nutrient of proximity it's only temporary we are going to be climbing this mountain together working towards proximity we see that whether it's in three years or five years but we do have a plan and we will i will wrap up with that in the summary in a second about what that plan looks like a little bit more finely but at the same time i do not want to restrict you from the sexual freedom for you to explore your femininity and that in the event you did meet someone that was providing you what you needed and that provided you with a different level of emotionality that maybe you haven't seen from me and that all of a sudden, hey, I just I feel like at this stage in life right now, I want to be with this guy right now. Just know that, yes, at the same time, I'm not going to say that there won't be some emotionality towards it. I want you to know that I want you to have that. I want you to have that. What made you so amazing to me, what made you so beautiful to me, is that in the past, you would have, without question, gone fully into that. How do I know this? Because that's how it came to be with me. It's, it's me. It's me, right? Our relationship together, our relationship together came because you had that freedom. And so for me to deny that of you with someone else, it's uh, selfish. It's selfish for me. In my perspective, it's selfish. I want you to have that. So I'm not telling him or her that this is the mindset they need to have and that this is, and that now what, because essentially what am I describing here? That these two have an open and free relationship with, however, it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid of a, of a, of it's somewhere in between the open and free and the closed and locked in which that they are going to allow each other the sexual freedom of an open and free relationship. However, placing each other in their life hierarchies at number one in terms of socially, in which that, yes, they're able to see other people. They have the sexual freedom to see other people. However, at the same time, they hold each other at number one, right? So there is no guilt. There is no mistake making. There is no hard feelings. And if they, if they did go out with a night with the boys or a night with the lads or a night with the femmes, and all of a sudden decided that, hey, I want, I, want, I want to take you with this girl. I met a cool girl that night. And you decide to have a wild night of passion with that girl. And that's cool. And maybe you get into a, a, a little bit of a casual relationship with that, with that girl. That's cool. I still know my number one though. And that this girl is still my number one. And if the day comes in which that I feel like I've met someone who now needs to take that place of number one. That I feel the open and honest trust and I feel that the space has been set up between you and I in which that we can come together and we can review and that we can come together and that I can tell you with 100% honesty that listen, I met someone else and I want 100% honest of you. I feel like things are changing now and that it would not be doing full justice if we kept this going, if need be, if that's what happens. That's what I'm describing here. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to listen to. It's very hard for people to accept that. How could someone operate with such detachment? How could you simultaneously manage the paradox of such detachment while also loving someone so intensely? Well, this is, uh, that's what excites me. That's what excites me because that to me, that's the perfection. You know, some people think that's too idealistic. Like no one could do that. No one could possibly do that. Well, hey, I want to try. I want to try because at this stage in life, at 26 years old, that's the best way. I, it's the best way I can see forward for this guy, for this situation, and for how and what I've just laid out for you guys is not just specific to LDRs. 
It's also to the CPRs, the close proximity relationships, which is that that's, and I've just laid out my plans for how I would set up a relationship in 2019. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to fool myself into thinking that I am the end all and be all. And that I don't want a girl to fool herself into thinking that I was the the be-all and end-all for her and that she is the be-all and end-all for me. It's extremely foolish. It's extremely egoic. It only leads to pain. It only leads to so much pain. Someday you are going to meet someone who eclipses you, eclipses the person you thought you were, eclipses the person you thought your partner was and shows you a different world. And then what? Let me reset. Someday you're going to meet someone that takes you there again. And not just there again, but somewhere new. Somewhere new that you've never been to before. And then what? And if that doesn't happen, but Adam, no. We're going to be together for life. Okay, let's say that plays out. It's definitely a possibility. Let's say you never meet another person that was as great as that girl. One of you is going to die first. And then what? And then what? Well, then you know what? And then what? you will probably die shortly after. There is multiple, multiple case studies in this world of partners that live for each other, literally. Literally in which that get to 80 years old, 90 years old, and they hold out just long enough, just long enough, just so they can be with their partner. And the moment their partner dies, very shortly after, they die as well for unknown reasons. Put in the medical report, unknown reasons. And then they'll label it as they died of heartache. All right, they died of heartache. That's real. That's real. There are case studies of this. Just search it up. Hit up Google. You'll find it. So, 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 I said that I would wrap up with micro tactics on how to best manage a temporarily set up long distance relationship. So let's hit this. The best way forward. Absolutely. You want to mimic and simulate the proximity as much as possible. So, Of course, frequent calls, frequent Skyping, frequent video calls, for sure. How frequent? As frequent as you two need. That's going to be based on your relationship. For some people, that's once a week. For some people, yeah, for some people, like, for some people that have close proximal relationships, they only need to have meaningful conversations once a week. But it's going to be based on you two. You work out for each other, but use every tool at your disposal, is what I'm saying. Number two. Well, sorry, that, sh- that should have been number two. Number one is that you have the plan. That there is, in fact, a plan that this is only temporary. I mentioned at the, be- at the beginning, I guess that's why I didn't mention it first is because I feel like we've already been over it. But just to reiterate, number one principle behind a temporarily set up long-distance relationship, which is the only acceptable one because it does have some chances of survival because you are moving towards close proximity in the future, which is that it is temporary that there is a plan laid out that you two will one day move in together, be together. Now, if that is as loose as that, well, let's just say by the time you end your PhD, by the time you got your PhD, and that's three years time, well, let's set up a plan in which that, where, what would it look like for ourselves to be together? Would it look like maybe I move over to you, or maybe you move over to me, or maybe we meet each other halfway and we set up each other, set up lives in a new country? How about that? Let's let's say that. Let's say that. You just come to some idea of what feels good right now. But it's not cemented. It's not locked down. It's just the fact that there was a plan set in place that you were going to move from temporary 
LDR to a full-time CPR, close proximal relationship. Part one there, nail it. Part two there, use your supplemental tools and at your disposal. Use your Skype, use your WhatsApp, use your video calls, video messaging, use uh, everything that you can. Use all those things that you can. Use pigeons. <laughs> do everything you can to mimic proximity is what I'm saying here. And, uh, and do all the things that you think you would do if that person was living close. Right? Go beyond. Go beyond the, the just because you guys aren't uh, seeing each other on the day-to-day, it doesn't mean that you can't still honor that person with the things that you would do if they were, if you were seeing them on the day-to-day. And listen, you know, we talk about, people always say like relationships aren't in the bigs, relationships are in the smalls. Definitely. Relationships are in the small gestures. They're in the small things that let the person know that hey, I still care. Hey, I still care. Whether that is that you you send a handwritten letter or whether that is that you send her a quick message saying, hey, just thinking about you. Don't forget those things. Don't let those things slide, for sure. And then part three is the sexual needs. Part three is the sexual needs. There needs to be, you need to have had that conversation and you need to come to a, a decision. There must be a decision. Do not, do not let that slide because that will be the underpinning of all relationships, whether they are long distance or not, whether there has been an adult, open, honest, conscious decision around how are we going to fulfill our sexual needs. Are we the type of couple that can go three months without having a sexual-based relationship connection and we don't need to see other people in that time and we just really don't have that sexual need? Are you those two? Or are you the two that know full well, actually we're on the other extreme, we need to fuck a couple times a day, I need to have some sexual stimulation at least maybe once or twice a week. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle way. Maybe you're just, ah, oh, maybe I need to have sex once a month or whatever it is. You work it out for each other and you just bring consciousness and you just bring a light to that discussion and you do not let it slide. That is the beast that will tear down your hut. That is the beast that will destroy your village if you do not address it. Tame it. Tame it. And actually alchemize it. Turn that beast into the point in which it is no longer a beast, which is what I've spoken a lot in this potter which is that the beast of sexual needs becomes becomes the wild becomes becomes the course that pulls your wagon all right it actually works for you it becomes the horse that pulls your wagon that your sexual needs should work for you not against you and you can take that shit straight to the bank <laughs> yes sir so hey i think it's we're going to wrap this up and i just want to thank him I want to thank him. You know, I, I I received more from his message more than he could, than he gave me, than he could ever do for me. And what's interesting is that he sent he sent me a couple messages saying, "Hey, where can I, uh, where can I pay for your time? Where can I donate to this?" And I didn't even send him the links. I didn't even send him the links. I didn't even respond to them. You know why? Because I never want to be first and foremost. This is my principle. I never want to be paid pre work. I always want to deliver first in this in this sense anyway, which is that this person doesn't know what kind of value I can deliver. It's different from my other services like boot camp, Skype calls, et cetera, and the, and the uh, ebook. You know what's going to be delivered there. But for a podcast or for a con- piece of content, he doesn't know what's going to be delivered. So I never want him to, to, to donate or pay a certain amount before the value has been delivered in that sense or even a knowledge of that. You know, because it's gonna, it's gonna, it, it doesn't feel right to me. So, 
I'll send him a link afterwards once this content is delivered. I'll say, listen, now if you, you don't have to, you don't have to pay me anything. You don't have to donate anything. I was going to always make this content for free. I was always going to make this and sit down for an hour some plus and just spit everything I could for you. Because number one, I honor the fact that you reached out to me and that you entrusted me to provide perspective, guidance, light for your journey. And that the journey was always your journey. And that the fact that you involved me in your journey, that's always enough for me. It's always enough for me. So you don't need to give me anything. You gave me everything just by coming to me. And that's what it is. So, So I thank you more than you could ever thank me. I thank you because you actually genuinely brought a small tear to my right eye, came out of my right eye uh, at the beginning with your story. I thank you for your awareness, your self-awareness. I thank the girl. She sounds like a, she sounds like a, a woman that is of an extremely high caliber. I thank her for helping you to grow, for helping for her to even be willing to engage this type of relationship and, and conversation. I thank her. For being her, you know, tremendous, absolutely tremendous. And that's where we'll wrap this up. So the outro will come. And that's how you know. This is how you know I'm truly grateful because I would never sit down on it. This could have waited till tomorrow. This could have waited till Monday or, or Tuesday or Wednesday. Or, But no, I, I, it's like I, I received this context on Friday or yesterday or whatever. And I break my own rule because... Messages of this caliber, stories of this caliber. This is my life's work. This is my life's work, and I will, I will, I uh, give up that Sunday because listen, this is what I'm here for. And if I died tomorrow without getting this out, it would be a true shame. So, I thank him, Steve, your woman, all people listening, everyone, always, forever. Thank you so much. If you're even alive, it's an absolute miracle. And uh, in the most corniest words possible, we are that miracle. Life does not exist anywhere else in this universe in the way that it does here and now. Please reflect on that. Please reflect on that. Nowhere else in the universe could you find this. It's incredible. So that outro is going to run right now. And I thank you all so much. Much peace and much joy. Ciao. Thank you so much for diving into this poll, my friends. It just, I'm ridiculously grateful and humble that you're even here. So thank you. If you could, please drop me your feedback in a comment on YouTube down below. Slide me a DM on the gram at Tang one best place to connect with me. Now, that being said, this episode is brought to you by bulldozer.com, where you guys can pick up my Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game eBook. You can book one-on-one Skype coaching, ongoing packages in the Bowl Insider. You can also dive in for those deep immersive boot camps all through boldojo.com and if you would like to send a little something to support this potter you can do so through the paypal link which is paypal.me forward slash a-d-a-m-o-o-i links in the descriptions all that's all down below and anything you guys donate is received with uh, absolute humility thank you so much for all of you that do i really appreciate it and yeah i'm wishing you guys the best in your journeys wishing the best in your life much peace and much joy Ciao.